This week, we're looking at Colossians 3, uh, verses 15 to 18. And it says this, But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, I'll be honest, when I first heard these verses today, I had to look up some of the words and what they meant. Now, I'm from the North End, and I went to Grand Balfour when they hadn't discovered he was a sir yet. And English lit wasn't our forte. You know, one lad in our class thought a theosaurus was a species of dinosaur. So the word I looked up was admonish from admonishing, which means to warn or reprehend someone firmly. What? Let's read that back piece by piece. First, it talks about peace with each other. I'm fine with that. Then it says we must be teaching one another. I'm kind of okay with that. And then it says reprimanding one another. What? Now, I'm fine with reprimanding my children. That comes in the job description as a parent. But when it comes to my friends and peers, I'd rather say nothing and mop up the aftermath. I hate confrontation. But then I thought about one of my earliest childhood memories being told off by my granddad, and I must have been at crawling age and it was Christmas Day, where in a busy household on Christmas Day, toddlers can disappear in the blink of an eye. I remember finding a plug socket and finding the switch so interesting, and then finding the plug holes and trying to put my wet, dribbly fingers into them. Then I remember my granddad shouting, pulling me away and telling me not to play with it. I was inconsolable about being reprimanded, but I never touched those sockets ever again. And looking back, my granddad acted out his love for me. And this is where I go back to the text where it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word or message of Christ is ultimately about love. So it should all spring from love. If I truly love someone, I will act accordingly to prevent them from disaster, even if it means they may not like my warning or criticism. A study in 2011, a US Titanic expert concluded that if the first officer had reacted sooner, maybe even 15 seconds sooner, the ship would have missed the iceberg. When the officer in charge of the ship was warned that an iceberg had been spotted in its path, he waited a crucial half minute before changing course. Had William Murdoch taken action immediately, the liner and 1,496 lives might have been saved. So is there someone that you know, that you know is heading towards disaster and maybe their path needs correcting before it's too late? What is the greater act of love to ignore it or make that tough call to alter its destination? But it works both ways. The Bible says, admonish one another. And how willing am I to being open to correction? Proverbs 12, 15 says this, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So maybe today we can start by humbling ourselves and start the ball rolling with the friends who we know have our best interests at heart. And at first, maybe reluctantly accepting their loving and uncomfortable correction. So we are steered away from those icebergs that aren't on our radar. We're looking at Colossians chapter 3 verses 14 to 18 this morning as part of our thought for the day. And thanks, Jamie, for sharing a lot about the love the love of God in these verses. And these, this set of verses, for me, start and end with love. 
and there's a little thought in between too about the word of Christ. Above all things is love, not just any old love as we said last week, but God's love, the sacrificial love that took Jesus to the cross and that same love that raised him to life, the bond of perfection. We read in verse 17 too that we are to do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm not sure Paul meant going around telling people that we are washing up in the name of Jesus or letting someone cross the road, then shouting out the window at them that you're doing it in Jesus' name. The name often referred to a character of a person, particularly in Middle Eastern culture of ancient times until fairly modern times. To do something in the name of Jesus, the name of God, who is love, is to do all things in a loving way, to do everything with love, either towards somebody or towards God, who sees our heart in everything we do. The bit in the middle that I mentioned a minute ago was about the phrase word of Christ. Jesus was defined in the Gospel of John as the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The word word in the original Greek language is logos or logos. And it's where we get our suffix ology from in the English language. For example, sociology or theology or ecology and so on. Ology refers to a knowledge through study of a subject. But all things were made through Jesus, as it says in the Gospel of John. If we want to know an ology, then we need to get to know Jesus, the Word, the Logos. That's how we can deal with each other in wisdom, teaching each other, correcting each other, with grace in our hearts. By understanding Jesus and his love, if we want to know love, we need to get to know Jesus. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. What is the peace of God? It has been described as the harmony or calmness of the body, mind and spirit that supersedes all earthly circumstances. This peace is not something we inherently have in us, but it's something that's been given to us by Jesus. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. This is the peace that should rule our hearts. The Apostle Paul also reminds us in these verses to be thankful and give thanks to God. Often we are focused on ourselves. We could forget all that God has done, is doing, and will be doing for us. Yes, times can be tough. It can be hard. And we most certainly will face difficulties. But there's always a reason to give thanks. In my times of trouble, when things are bugging me or when I'm struggling, I give thanks because it's a choice that I make. When I wake up, I say to the Lord, thank you, I'm alive. Thank you that my eyes could open. As I start to get out of bed, I say, thank you that my feet are working. And going around the day, I just start to give thanks in that little way so that my thought also returns to thanks to God. Paul further writes, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another. Later he says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord. We can be so quick to admonish one another. And I'm not talking like what Jamie described, where someone's in danger. I'm talking about when we don't agree on something. We're so quick to believe we're right, they're wrong. And sometimes we become so harsh in our response. Today, more than ever, the art of having a conversation with someone who doesn't agree with your point of view seems to be lost. And I don't think this is a type of admonishment Paul's referring to in these verses. The key part of this piece of scripture to me should be that the word of Christ, and it should be done in the name of Jesus. We're told when we hear something, 
if it's not scripture, it's not in accordance with God's word. We can't cherry pick bits of scriptures that we like to fit our wishes, but we have to take God's word as a whole. And if we're doing anything in the name of Jesus, we must be doing it in accordance with his commands. In answering the question, what's the most important commandment? Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus also said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so must you love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. We're given a definition of love in the Bible. Love is patient, kind, does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong, it does not delight in evil, it always rejoices in the truth, always protect, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and love never fails. So when we are teaching and admonishing, we must do it in love. If our words are not in accordance with the definition of love, we're not doing it in the name of Jesus. Remember, God is love.